When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, if there, if there is one thing we learned from the pandemic, at least I did, I'm sure you guys did too, it's that our homes, no matter how small or how dingy you think they are, they are our sanctuaries, right? Your home is not just somewhere you sleep anymore. It's also your office or classroom, or in my case, from time to time, television studio. Yes, in my basement. I did my show from my basement for, I don't know, nearly two years. That's how and why now more than ever, making your house, your apartment, your condo, whatever you feel comfortable and homey is extremely important. Nobody knows that better than my guest today. Ariel Kay had this passion for home and interior design, right? I mean, she helped her friends design their rooms, etc. But I mean, okay, we all have passions. We all have hobbies. But instead of just leaving it at that, she pinpointed that there was a gap in the market that she really felt she could fill. But thinking that you can fill something like that and then actually making it a reality takes, right, a dramatic leap. So how did she go from, okay, I'm decorating my friend's apartments for free to I'm stuck in a dead end job. I'm going to take a flying leap by quitting that job, buying a one way ticket to Europe and starting my own home lifestyle brand from scratch. She did it. Let's find out how she pulled it off. Ariel Kay is the founder and CEO of Parachute. Welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz, Ariel. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I mean, you're the queen of the velvet lumbar pillow. Uh, how could I not have you? <laughs> how could I not have you? That's a great pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm amazed because... There are a million home goods and companies that make sheets and all kinds of towels. Yet you said, I'm going to get into this very difficult race, very difficult battle, and I'm going to succeed. Tell me about the moment where you realized I'm going to quit my less than inspiring advertising job. So it was about 10 years ago, actually, um, that this the wheels started um started really moving for me. Um, I was at a job that I loved, but I did not see a future there. I was um, wanting to do something more entrepreneurial. I had this burning desire to make a bigger impact um, and to um, learn and just, just, just really dive into something that I'd never done before. And like you mentioned, um, I was very passionate about home and design. Um, and so I had that aha moment that many founders have where um, I realized that there could be an opportunity for me to merge my passion and love for design and for home and creating beautiful spaces and also build upon my interest and my passion for um, connecting with customers and really understanding consumers and how they um, engage and connect with brands um, and, and 
to do something on my own. I mean, 10 years ago, if you think about the home category, there were no brands in this space. If you asked anyone where you bought your sheets or towels, people could say, oh, I went to this store or that store, Mm -hmm. but there was no brand um, recognition and there was nothing that was accessible and luxury and premium and um, really thinking about the consumer preference um, in mind. And so I saw this massive opportunity to be a category defining brand Um, in the space. The idea was always to build this home lifestyle brand, but to start focused with sheets and and really build that loyalty and connection with the customer in the bedroom. I'm so about the bed. I have to have the yummy, comfortable bed. But one of the things that I personally noticed about that time 10 years ago was that there were the low-end El Cheapo sheets, which either didn't mm-hmm. hold up or kind of scratched your skin, even though they said, you know, 400 per kale. I got all excited about that. In the meantime, they didn't feel great. Or the ultra-high-end Fratese or Frite, and who can afford that? I mean, they're thousands of dollars. You yep. looked at this and you said, let me go into high, high quality, but a fair price point. But before we get to that, you have to tell me first, when was your entrepreneurial spirit emerging? How old were you? Were you a kid? Were you designing your mom's closet? I mean, give me an example of what you did. You know, it really did not start at a young age, although both of my parents are entrepreneurs. And so I think I always had this idea in the back of my mind that following a traditional career path or climbing the corporate ladder was not the only way forward. I guess I could also include that I did go to undergrad. Um, I went to NYU and I was in the School of Individualized Studies. So I actually got to create my own major, which was somewhat entrepreneurial. And mm-hmm. it allowed me to do a ton of internships. It allowed me to do um, to have sort of an untraditional traditional um, education as well. Um, and so then, you know, when I was working in advertising, I actually had quite a few friends that were joining early stage startups in New York or starting their own companies. And I just saw them throw their entire selves into these businesses. And I was so inspired. Um, you know, they were canceling plans and not showing up for dinner or going out because they were working and they were loving it. And there was just something that to me was so interesting and inspiring about that. And, you know, I, I, I was at a point when I started parachute where I realized it was kind of now or never for me to start a business. Um, and I was ready to give it a shot. I think about this, especially the part where you say, I tried this and then I tried that. Some people criticize that as being flighty and you don't have focus as my mom used to say, Oh yes, she's freelancing through life. But (laughs) It was part of your process and it helped you find what you really realized. And that was, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm watching my friends dive in. They're so inspired. I mean, building something from the ground up. We kind of did that at Fox Business because we just didn't exist in 2007 and we just made it happen. I, I had never done that before. And that's why I left a very secure position at CNBC even though we didn't know if this thing was going to fly at all. You never do. How important right. is it for people to understand you got to dive in? You don't know how cold or hot the water is, but you have to dive in first. Totally. And I think for me, Parachute was the first idea was my one and only, I say. Um, it was it was something that became all-consuming for me. So I, I had this general idea for parachute. And then that was all I could think about. I mean, it was getting in the way of everything. And I was doing research and I was 
creating business plan. I mean, I just went so hard and I realized that I, that there was no other path forward for me. I mean, I needed to see this through and to give it a shot. And, um, that passion and the, the passion bred resilience. Um, and then I think generally my just naivety around how hard it would be to start Mm -hmm. a business, um, also, um, pushed me in the right direction because I think, you know, those early days are so hard. And if I had known how challenging it was going to be and how lonely I would feel and how, um, there would be more days than not where I felt like, I don't know if this thing's going to work. Um, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know, I would have stayed at my job or I would have figured out something that was more, um, safe. And, and so, you know, the, the, the real passion inside of me, there was no other option. Okay. This is, uh, you guys, are you hearing this? So had she known she wouldn't have done it, right? Well, that's what you need to do. You have to tune out all of that stuff and just start with that first foot ahead of you. Now, it's all very nice to say, okay, I'm going to do this. But tell me about the moment that you cleaned out your savings and bought a plane ticket, a one-way ticket to Europe. Tell me about that. That's a leap of faith. So I knew I had, I had no experience building, um, or doing anything in in textiles. (laughs) I had no experience in retail. You know, I I didn't know how a sheet was made. And so I think for me, I just, when I took a step back and said, I'm going to do this, um, I needed to understand the manufacturing process. Cause that, I mean, the branding and marketing, that was a part of the business that I felt that I could, you know, that was something I knew that was comfortable for me, but the operations and the supply chain and logistics and the manufacturing of it all um, was so, I mean, I, I, I had no understanding of that process. And so, um, you know, obviously I needed to figure out where we were going to source goods and, and the manufacturers that we were going to work with. Um, but that seemed like the most important place to start because, it was the, bo- it's like, if you, you think about the bottoms up approach, like you have to start with the product and, and we have always been a product first business. I mean, everything comes back to the quality of the product and how we can create the best possible product for the customers. And so I needed to see for myself. So I did all of this research. Um, I reached out to a ton of factories and then I went to Europe and I visited 15 over the course of a few weeks and you know, showed up with a suitcase full of fabrics and sheets and pillowcases and things that I said, you know, I really like this. I don't like this. Is there a way we can do this? And um, everyone looked at me like I was crazy. And, you know, they, <laughs> you know, now have since, you know, I, we work with some of these factories still and, um, you know, they, they like to joke and that I showed up and, you know, they entertained this meeting, but never thought they'd hear from me again. And, um, you know, certainly thought it was just this passion project, you know, how is this, you know, girl from America going to start a sheets business? Um, but, you know, I, I was able to walk the factory floors and I was able to understand all of the details and how these products are made and what's important and what's not important and where we could, um, you know, be creative and and how we could package the products. And, and it, it was just, I mean, it took my excitement to a whole other level. I mean, it, it just created, um, I, I knew in the, that moment that there was, that this was happening. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just so blown away. And I think, you know, for most people seeing how things are made is just such a cool process. And so I encourage anyone to take a factory tour. I, I agree. You have the I, opportunity. It's just so, so amazing. I've done um, the Wonder Bread factory. I've done the Seas Chocolate factory. I love, I've done a bottling plant in Milwaukee for beer. Thing. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. This is Everyone Talks to Liz and we'll be right back. 
Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Okay, but uh, this all sounds great. I know that there were some sleepless nights here. Where did you, I guess, tap a fount of support when things got difficult? Because they pretty quickly get difficult when you're launching a company. Yeah. So I was, a, I'm a sole founder. So I, I really was doing this by myself and, um, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that I had enough self-awareness to know what I was going to be good at and where, where I really would need help. Um, and I think that's an incredible skill to have, um, especially as a leader, um, because really you, you should not be doing everything yourself. Um, and you should be, um, you using your community and your network and you should be learning from others all the time. And so in the early days, um, you know, I moved back to Los Angeles where I'm from, from New York after that trip. And, um, I started talking to anyone and everyone. I mean, I would take, I would, I was trying to get in front of as much people as possible that worked in the industry in adjacent industries, you know, people that worked in market, people that would just talk to me. Um, and so I, in that process I met, um, and I also realized that people were very generous with their time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there was a, a sense of, you know, we'd love to help you and as a female founder and, you know, or, or as a business that's growing in LA, you know, there was this like idea that a win for LA is a win for, you know, everyone. And, um, and I really felt supported um, by the community that I was able to, to build. Um, I also joined an accelerator program in the fall of 2013 because I needed to raise capital and mm -hmm. I couldn't, um, no one would give me money. Um, and through that accelerator program, I was able to get enough money that I could buy my first batch of inventory um, and launch the business. Um, but in that process, I also met a ton of um, like-minded entrepreneurs. I was introduced to a number of mentors and investors, and I really, really um, was able to break into the LA ecosystem in a way that I think it would have been quite hard for me um, to do. But, you know, I was just, it's not my personality um, to ask for help. And I had to quickly realize that that was going to be critical to my success. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. And when you're manufacturing things, stuff goes wrong. 
uh, machines stop working? Were there any early setbacks where you got really nervous? So the biggest setback after I launched was um, actually a result of just demand and some early press and gaining momentum quite quickly. Um, I I sold out of all the inventory that I had um, months before I expected to. And so um, I, you know, which is amazing and, and, you know, it was, it was an incredible feat and something that I was very proud of, but at the same time, I mean, these were, this was a very important part of, you know, this launch moment for us was, you know, so important and I had no inventory to sell. And so, um, and then I also had set up a pre-order, um, and quickly sold through our pre-order, um, and ended up having to go to customers and in, in some cases say that it was going to take, you know, three to four months for their product to arrive. Did you lose um, sales and, from that? I mean, listen, I, I want, our people understand yes. that, that, uh, demand is an awesome thing, but if you can't fill it, you got a problem because you'll annoy people. Well, and that was the thing. So I had to reach out to all of these customers and say, you know, I, I'm so grateful for your support. Um, we are a new business and, you know, we're we're working things out, you know, but this is the reality. And, you know, I'm going to keep you posted and I'm going to send you updates and I'm going to let you know every step of the way where your product is. And um, in most cases, people were, you know, grateful for the communication. You know, the bar is set really low um, just in general around customer service and customer experience, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I, I knew that I I needed to nail that in order mm-hmm. to earn trust. But yeah, I mean, we not, I mean, I, there is certainly a ton of sales that we missed entirely. And then people that probably didn't come back because, you know, they were disappointed that it took so long to get their product. But um, there were so many lessons learned in that experience. Um, and, and there are growing pains, you know, that's not the only growing pain that we've experienced. And, um, you know, I think growing pains can make your business so much stronger. And so if you can separate the emotion out of it um, and really think about where you can improve um, from a processes perspective or, um, you know, a c- customer experience perspective, there's there's so much value. Um, you just hope that they those kind of problems at some point when, <laughs> balance when, and regulate. When did you realize, OK, This is cool. Uh, Was there an order that came in? Was it an individual? Was it somebody famous? Was it an article? I mean, when was that moment where you thought to yourself, OMG, this is actually, it's actually working? There were a bunch of those moments in the early days. So I would say the first big one was looking at, you know, going from three to four orders a day to about 30 orders a day. And then looking at the orders and realizing I didn't know anyone, it didn't feel like there was like six degrees of separation. <laughs> it wasn't mom like was just, trying to help exactly, your sales. It wasn't all my mom's friends anymore, <laughs> um, who she was probably being like, here, use my credit card. It's fine. Um, you know, it was like true strangers and people that, you know, had discovered us. And, um, and then when we started getting customer feedback um, and people were so, um, positive and so grateful and, mm-hmm. you know, letting us know that they've been looking for a brand like this and they were going to tell everyone they knew. And then, um, I'll never forget my dad calling me after seeing, um, us mentioned the wall street journal. And I think that was all the validation he needed that, um, this crazy idea maybe wasn't so crazy. Um, but those, those were some early, um, signs for me and, and just, you know, I have never taken, any of this for granted. And so, you know, when I meet people and they know parachute or they sleep with parachute, I mean, I, I get chills, you know, it's, it's still such a, um, it's still such an incredible 
moment for me. Um, Never lose that. You you know, owners and founders never lose that because when you do, you've lost. That's the problem when people start taking customers for granted, even even the ones who aren't. Hello, Katy Perry, Rashida Jones, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend. You recently launched a collection with their celebrity designer, Jake Arnold. Tell me about the capsule you put together with him. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. Um, Jake actually reached out to me on Instagram as many business deals are made these days. And um, I was uh, such a big fan of his. I mean, it was, you know, like a celebrity reaching out to tell me they wanted to work together. I mean, it was such a pinch me moment. Um, And I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I said yes before even talking to our team about it. I mean, I was (laughs) like, of course, immediately. Yes, let's get started tomorrow. Um, But, you know, Jake is such an incredible designer with such a brilliant um, point of view. And um, we worked really closely with him and his team to develop a capsule collection um, for bedding um, specific products and some decor. Um, That was just such an extension of who he is and his um, his taste and style and aesthetic, which is such a fresh take. And um, it was such a joy to bring that capsule to life um, and to see so many of his fans um, get so excited that they could bring home a piece of his work um, since, you know, he's quite busy um, designing for all of those incredible people that you mentioned. But um, it was such a joy to work with him. And, um, you know, those products sold out quite quickly. So um, we were very pleased. And it was just, yeah, it was so fun. How big do you see this becoming? I mean, when I think about Chip and Joanne, right, of Magnolia Network, they have their own network. They have their own line at Target. She's got a magazine. She's like the sort of Oprah of the new millennium. And I wonder, is it the kind of thing where you would strike a gigantic deal with a Macy's or somewhere else? Or do you want to remain sort of that boutique sort of, you know, high end, at least perception there so that you don't get to be too mass market. How do you how do you square that? Yeah. So what we have done very few retail and bigger wholesale partnerships um, because we've been so focused on the customer experience and really wanting to own that whole experience end to end and also wanting to know who our customers are, um, because that helps us create even a better experience. And that's how we continue to learn and iterate and grow. Um, And so we've been very protective over our brand um, and wanting to um, have to be to really just have control there. Um, That's not to say that we haven't done any wholesale collaborations. We did a great partnership with Crate and Barrel. We currently are in the middle of a great partnership with Nordstrom. Um, we work with Hudson Bay in Canada. So there are there are certainly exceptions to the rule and, and we are so grateful for those relationships. But right now we're really focused on our product expansion as well as our retail rollout. So we've got um, 18 stores open today and by the end of the year we'll have 25 and mm. we've got a plan to get to a hundred plus stores in the following <laughs> few years. And so we are really focused on getting um, parachute to our customers across the country and to bringing our brand to life. But we're, we're really excited to do it in a, in a very parachute way. Well, see, guys, listen to that. I mean, from a single idea and I'm quitting my job to all these stores and partnerships, it's fascinating. As we finish up, Ariel, I'm really interested to know, we often say, oh, what's your advice to entrepreneurs? No, no, no. I want to go with this. You know, what do you think 
is the most important quality you had that helped you grow this business through both thick and thin to where you are today? Um, I would say being resilient um, and also being very flexible. You know, there are so many highs and lows. It's a roller coaster. There are days where you are feeling like you're at the top of the world. And then, you know, two minutes later, you're not sure how you can go on. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And and again and again, you know, in one single day, I mean, it it can be very, um, very exhausting. um, But being resilient has allowed me to stay focused, to move forward to focus on what really matters most, um, to stay solution focused. And, um, yeah, it's, it's given me, you know, the ability to pick myself up and, and keep moving. Um, you know, I often say that it's, it's not perfection, it's progress that you have to focus on because that's what keeps, keeps the business rolling. Um, and then just being really flexible because, truly nothing happens as you would plan. (laughs) So you have to be flexible um, as a leader, as an employee, like you just, I think for everyone being Mm -hmm. flexible um, is just key. So especially in the world we live in today where, you know, anything could happen, change quite quickly. Yeah, it's so true. As we all know, having just made it through at least this pandemic, Ariel, thank you for sharing your story with us. And, um, you know, when you lay your head down on that velvet lumbar pillow at night, <laughs> uh, be proud of yourself. Boy, because I certainly am. I'm really impressed. Thank you so much. Thank you. And oh, I, I didn't ask the most important question. And I thought to myself, why parachute? Is it because you parachuted out of something into your dream job or what? what's behind the name Parachute? The name Parachute is inspired by the movement of your the fabric when you make your bed, when you oh, move that, yeah. that flat sheet and it just billows down or the duvet and it billows down <laughs> like a parachute. Okay, I was way off on that one. I still love it. <laughs> still love it. Thanks, Ariel. Bye. Oh, it's so great for you, all of you guys to hear these stories, right? And I hope you take them and you run with them, as I always like to say. And uh, before you take anything and run with it, you sit down and watch the 3 p.m. Eastern Claim and Countdown Monday through Friday. We really try our best to keep you informed about your money and business. And I need you guys watching, okay? Have a great day. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. 